I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to Tuesday. Uh, Help me give a big, gigantic welcome to our dear friend and also just awesome, inspiring, all the things, uh, Trent Shelton. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So we'll just jump right in. And I'm uh, sorry that I'm short, so you can't see me, but you can hopefully hear us. Um, so who has been at Rise and gotten the opportunity to see Trent speak on stage before? Great. Who, who has never seen him speak live? Oh, bless your hearts. All right. So you need to bring that kind of fire to this small, cozy setting. (laughs) Um, so that's actually great. Um, real quick for people who aren't familiar with you already, will you tell a little bit of your story and sort of how you got to where you are? Yeah. So, um, I guess my story is basically, I played sports my whole entire life. Uh, since I was about five years old, that's all I remember. I had two older brothers, so I feel like they handed me a football or a basketball as soon as I stepped out of my mom's womb. <laughs> and that was my identity. And so I always tell people, like, just maybe it's something that you can relate to. Maybe it's a relationship or whatever. But that was my identity my whole entire life. Um, I was an outstanding athlete um, and got a chance to go to Baylor on a scholarship. And my whole dream since I was literally, I can remember, four years old was to play in the NFL. I made that dream come true. Uh, but when I got there, it was like my biggest nightmare because, you know, it didn't go right. I got cut probably nine or ten times. I mean, just imagine living in three different cities, uh, three different years, uh, buying an apartment and then or rent an apartment and you get there and then you have to break your lease. All these things. I mean, it sucked. And so at that point, I hit a, a downward spiral in my life. Um, I didn't know what to do. And so I turned to things that I probably shouldn't have turned to to uh, fill me up for the moment. Two situations happened that really changed my life. One was the birth of my son. And Tristan, the pregnancy wasn't planned with Maria. We're married now, but the pregnancy wasn't <laughs> planned. And it was uh, a scary moment for me because I feel like for the first time in my life, I had to put someone else first, you know? And I started to realize I was a really selfish person because it was all about me. And Tristan made me become a better man because I realized that he's gonna follow my footsteps regardless. So I have to leave a path worth following. The second situation that happened was uh, my teammate at Baylor, Anthony Arline, he committed suicide. And so when that's like your roommate, you're one of your best friends, and uh, it just made me realize like life is not promised. And when I went to the service, I was like, man, if my life ended today, what would I leave here? And uh, I wasn't happy with that answer. So I made a promise to him that I would literally dedicate the rest of my life helping people know their self-worth, being a voice for people. And I got into rehab time, and rehab time is what I do now. And it was never a point for me to start an organization. I never wanted to be a speaker. I'm an introverted person by nature. I never wanted to be a speaker, anything like that. Didn't even read books, so I never was going to write a book. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> so it was just, it was a promise that I made to him, so I had to walk into that fear. And I just remember being in my mom's house in my room, and I remember looking around uh, just my room, and I seen all these trophies, and I seen pictures of Tristan, and I, you know, seen pictures of my friend, and I was like, man, 
like I have to do something with my life. And immediately, I don't know if it was like Rihanna at the time, checking into rehab. I don't know, that's probably the song. So the word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shout yep. out Riri, yeah. right? But uh, it was like the, the word rehab came to my mind. And for me, rehab meant from an athletic standpoint, you get hurt, you literally go to rehab and rehab sucks. Like you have to, it's a hard process. You know, sometimes you want to come back quicker and you come back quicker and you get hurt even more. So I wanted to take that same process to life. And rehab for me means putting the strength into a weakness. And so I went to do that mind, body, and soul. And so I started picking up books to read, even though I hated reading at the time. But I knew in order to grow, you have to obtain knowledge that you don't have, mm-hmm. right? And so I did that. I started to go to 24-hour fitness and said, I'm gonna get my, my health in the best shape possible because I still had another chance in the NFL. So I got, my, my, I got myself in the best shape possible. I ran a 4-3, 40-yard dash, got shot, signed with the Redskins that year. And then from the mindset part, from the soul part, the spiritual part, I wanted to deepen my relationship with God even more and actually be a reflection of that. And that's what started rehab. And then I started making these videos on Ustream while I was working out. And everybody was asking me questions about life. I'm just like, this is crazy. So I'll give them my advice and, hey, can you come back tomorrow? And it came to a point where I was like, I can't come back every day. So I picked up my iPhone and I started making too many videos. You know, I didn't have a fancy production. I just had an iPhone with a red background, with a wall and started speaking into it. And uh, that started the process for what the world knows as rehab time. That's so rad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's a little, <laughs> if, if, if that, that, that gave you a broad overview and Trent has a bajillion followers on social media, so be sure and go follow him and get inspired and all that stuff. Um, we have done podcast episodes together before. There's so much information you can find from him online. What I thought would be really rad today would be to talk about we are here in the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, we're in the end of a decade. That's we're crazy. about to start 2020. It's insane. You know, we're doing as a community our, our last 90 days challenge. I am really mindful, maybe because we have a hat, we have a hat now that says it, and I've been wearing it all the time, but I'm really mindful of this idea of finishing strong. What yeah. does it mean to finish strong? So um, will you talk to us a little bit about that, how you approach the end of a year and what you think of, um, what, it, what does it mean to be intentional about finishing what you start, making sure that you show up, still showing up here in the midst of November, even yeah. though you know it would be really easy to kind of downhill slide into the holidays. Yeah, so it's funny because pretty similar to your 90 day challenge, I remember uh, it was probably 2013 and I would get to the new year, might be 2011, I would reflect and I would get to the new year and it's crazy because we all have these new year you know, goals, resolutions. And I realized that usually for January 1st, nothing against people go out, like I'm not saying anything about that, but I realized I would spend the first hours of my new year hungover. Mm. The first hours of my new year and not working towards my goals. So I feel like, man, I'm starting behind. And how serious am I about change if I'm not putting myself in a position to change? So I started saying, okay, November 1st is going to be my rehab new year. And so I treated it like that. So everything from November 1st, I, you know, my goals that I, I set my goals, I set my intentions for 2020 or the next year, whatever that may be. And I just realized that if I do this now, I would have a head start on everyone else. And so when January 1st hits, I'm already ahead of the curve. Yeah. And so I'm always uh, being conscious about that, even with my team, even with my family. Like, I'm not waiting that because if you need a new year to actually get excited about your life, then there's a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just to be honest with you. Yeah. Because all you need is a new moment. So literally every day could be that new year. Because let's be real. How many people really stay loyal to their vision if you need, an, on, if you need the new year to actually, you know, change that. So for me, I was like, I don't want to have some emotional high with everybody else to, for make, to make a change. 
When those emotions are gone, when that high is gone, when that mood is left, that shows how serious you are about it. And so I was like, if I can make a change at my lowest frequency of emotion, then I know it's real for me. Yeah. So when you decide to make a change, when you pick something that you want to work on, what are some of the habits or tactics that you use to make sure that that stays consistent instead of it, you know, even on November 1st, you could sort of try and yeah. then we have that momentum, it kind of falls away. So what do you do to make yourself stay in that moment? Yeah, well, I've talked about this a lot, but it's just my championship mindset process. Um, that's my accountability measuring stick for me. And those five traits, I won't take all day talking about them, but one is just understanding what commitment is. And I just feel like if you don't have a, I like to say a rooted or deepened reason of like why you're really gonna make a change, then either when failure hits or even when success hits, you reach your goal, you're gonna turn your back on it. And so I just deepen my reason as much as I can. I keep asking myself, okay, why do I really wanna do this? What's the reason? And if it's a surface level thing where it's tied to anything external in the world, I know that it's not deep enough. So I just deepen that internal reason. So commitment, my definition of it is staying loyal to what you said you're gonna do long after the mood you said has left you. Because that mood will leave, it will. Second thing is just discipline. And so I'm making sure that everything I do in that moment is moving me towards where I wanna go. And a lot of times that's saying no to things that I like. You know, that's how you know you're serious because Things that I like don't always get, to, get me to a place where I love to be. Mm. And so I'm always checking that intention. Okay, is this really gonna move me forward? If it isn't, I gotta say no to it. Sometimes that's people, sometimes that's habits, sometimes that's guilty pleasures, all right? Third thing is I'm making sure I'm checking in with consistency with myself. And so consistency, um, you know, this is something I talked about at Rod's business, but you know, you don't have a consistency problem, you have a commitment problem. And for me, I realized that because there were certain things in my life that I weren't being consistent at. And it was because I didn't understand how important it was to me. And so I tie something crazy to it. Like I call this leverage. Like I use leverage tactics and saying, if I don't show up today, then my kids ain't gonna eat. You know, and I really care about my kids. Yeah. Like things like that, you might say, that's crazy. But the reason why you're not consistent in certain things is because it doesn't mean that much to you. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And so those three things, uh, the three, well I said the two C's, commitment and consistency are the big things that I check off every single day and also, I make sure I tell my team or make sure I tell my friends and to hold me accountable. I tell my son to hold me accountable. I tell my, well, Maya's too young, but she will hold me accountable. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> she will. Yeah. And, my, and Maria. So I make sure that I put it out there and I, I call it exposing myself, putting it out there into the world because they'll call you out on it. Even my community rehabbers. Hey, this is what I'm doing. If I don't show up, they're going to call me out. Absolutely. That's so good. Um, is there... I, I'm curious, you, you do that with the things that you're working on in your life. Like, let's say, hey, I'm committing to health, and so yeah. I'm going to let you guys know. When it comes to goals, like big goals, you want to achieve something audacious and crazy, do you tell people about it, or do you set goals quietly for yourself, smash yeah. the crap out of them, and then let yes. people know? So that's, that's tough, because sometimes I do, but I just really believe in achievements over announcements. Mm. And I just live by the, by the process of this. Like, I would rather somebody ask me how I did it than tell them what I'm about to do. So That's what I mean good. by that, did I go over it? No, go, no, okay. no, 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 I got <laughs> that, I got that. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I want people to say, wow, like, you got in shape, how did you do that? Than me just talking about it, because I'm just a firm believer in, if your life couldn't say one word, what would your life say? And we live in a time in social media where it's so easy to type it, it's so easy to post it 
on Facebook. So and good, you can get, Chris. Yes, sorry. sorry. Oh, you good. I'm at church. Keep Amen. going. Amen. <laughs> uh, but we get, because it's a habit that, especially on social media, you actually can, I don't want to say fake it, but you actually can post something and you can get likes from it. Yes. And I think like Without psychologically. Without having done anything. Exactly. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Yes. It's like, oh, that's all I got to do. Yeah. And so I don't even post anything. I just rather people ask like, how did you do that? How did you, you know, uh, further your health? How did you grow your business? Because I know that if I'm showing up every single day, those results will show and people will ask for yeah. it. Yeah. I think too, um, you and I have been, uh, so Trent and I have a, not funny is not the right word, like a, our friendship has really deepened over the fact that we are often invited to speak at the same <laughs> events and um, he is often the only person of color and I am the only woman. So it's a bunch of old white men and me and Trent, which That's is how right. we became <laughs> friends. And we'll be backstage like hyping each other up like, no, we know why they invited us, but we're about to show them what exactly. we can do. Um, but we absolutely, I don't want to say run in circles because I don't know that all of these people are necessarily our real life friends, but you yeah. and I have been in very similar circles where behind the scenes you can see a lot of it is BS. Yeah. There's a lot of people pretending, there's a lot of people saying one thing on stage, doing something very different backstage. Um, I think for me, the last year has really taught me who I don't want to be yeah. more than who I do. Yeah. Um, as you sort of gone through 2019, what do you think are some of the biggest takeaways that you have from this year? <sighs> I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. Personally? Or yeah. pers Either. Oh. Oh. That's a great question. <laughs> I'm like, um, I would say, I mean, just kind of to piggyback off what you were talking about, hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but... Um, we won't say anyone's name. Yeah, we won't at all. But I just think from, a, like from what we do, um, I think it's just very important to be who you are off stage than on stage. Or I'll put it like this. I think who you are off, your offline life is more important than your online life. Mm. And you see it now in these days where, I mean, even you talked about how everybody wants to be authentic and everybody wants to be real and it's to get likes from yeah. it, you know? It's, yeah. So my thing is always being yourself even more and showing up regardless, even if, um, you know, it's not popular to do so. Yeah. Even if it goes against the grain and like, I've honestly even become disgusted with a lot of stuff that I see in social media. I'm like, ah, and it's kind of put a sour taste in my mouth, but I told myself that's even more motivation for me to keep being real, me that's keep good. being authentic and showing up like that. Um, also too this year, my big thing was even family, um, just being honest with you, um, and what really matters most, that those words have popped into my head so much lately, like what's really going to matter? Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you wanna say at the end of the life, what's really gonna matter? I mean, is social media really going to matter? Are these stages really going to matter? And probably so, but I just, I'm always in check with what's going to matter most. I and mean, we had a scare the other, yes, uh, what was that, Sunday, Maya, you know, she put a piece of candy in her mouth when I told her not to, mm. and she started choking. Oh, man. You know, at the restaurant, and immediately, like, nothing else mattered to me. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, if something happened to my baby girl. And so I just sat back and I was like, what is life really about? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just a good question for you guys to ask yourself is, you know, what's really going to matter for you and prioritize your life in that order. Yeah. I was talking to Dave about this the other day because it's been a really insane couple of years for me and I've been traveling nonstop and for about 18 months I've traveled once a week, which is brutal yeah. and 
like a blessing and also very hard. And I was saying, because I've done a lot of self-reflection, especially over the last six months, and now that we're like finishing out this thing, and one of my thoughts was, you know, when I was younger, let's say in my early 20s, I, like sounds so douchey, but I'll be honest, I really wanted to be famous. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, young and I moved to LA and I thought I was gonna marry Matt Damon and uh, <laughs> it was the whole plan and I really wanted to be famous. And I think um, what the last year taught me most, and this sounds kind of crazy, is um, what I'm not willing to give up. Yeah what I'm not willing to give up for any amount of money, what I'm not willing to give up for any amount of fame. I, I told Dave, uh, and I legitimately mean this, if you said you can have $100 million if you will just relive, like if you will just do what you just did in 2019 and do it again in 2020, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I would rather never have one, it was so, like such, I, I don't, it's like a very interesting, you ever have those moments where you're like, God, I'm so thankful for this opportunity, but this is horrible. Yeah, I this is, yeah, yeah, like it's a very, and I know it sounds like, oh, like, oh, how sad for you that you get to like travel and have people pay you to speak on stages, but what that takes out, what that takes from your energy, what that takes away from your kids, what that takes away from home, like what I learned most was what I don't want out yeah. of life. I don't want to be like those speakers. I don't want to have this kind of life. I don't want to, no matter what that means or like what kind of car I get to drive or the people want an auto, like it's not worth it. Which I would have like five, 10 years ago, someone nah, told me yeah. that I'd be like, okay, calm down, Tom Cruise, like whatever. <laughs> um, is there anything that as you've gone through this that you're like, yeah, no, that's not, especially coming from the NFL, because there was a yeah. lot of stuff in that world that you were like, actually. Well, I, I think the NFL, and it's just, it's just so crazy to me how, like I realized even like moving forward, how much of like my life was not about the NFL. Like it was really preparing me for this. And mm -hmm. it's just so surreal for me because I thought like that was my life, but I think that was just a phase of my life to prepare me for this, because I can tell you right now, if I would have never went to the NFL and experienced that lifestyle and that life, I wouldn't be prepared for what I have now, yeah. you know, because I mean, people know me a lot more now and uh, you know, just even money wise, all these things and I'm able to handle it better. But it's like you said, I think it's hard to understand until you're actually in it. Yeah. Because a lot of people would be like, you know, if I had uh, this amount of money, if I had this amount of likes and followers and people, and I mean, I know you can relate to it, but that's not, it's not the world at the yeah. end of the day, it's not. And it doesn't truly fulfill you. Yeah. And it gets to a point where you'll never be satisfied with it. You know, even with social media, I have, what, 11 million people on Facebook. What's next? Oh, 12 million, 13 million, 14, okay, and then it just keeps going. Not saying don't have goals and achieve because we need that, but don't allow those things to define your life. And that's just where like, I really focused on this year. It's like, what's gonna really matter? And my family matters. And like, even, even I would say, uh, what was it? Two Saturdays ago, um, I was speaking at an event because I booked it way early in the year. Tristan has a playoff game mm. and he has his best playoff game. And I'm not there. Yeah. And it's like, I gotta show up for people, which I appreciate and I love, but it's like, dang. Like Tristan doesn't care that I'm speaking to these people on stage. He wants me to be there supporting him. And that's what I care about most. And so I'm always structuring my life like that. And just think about that. Because what you think that you need that will make you happy is not gonna make you happy. If you can't be happy with nothing, 
then I promise you, you'll never be happy with everything. Amen. Um, um, will you talk, I, I think maybe we discussed this on the podcast. I know we've just like chatted about it in life, but your, this idea of your identity or wanting so much to be in the NFL was a dream you'd had since you were a little boy. And, and also people told you you couldn't have it, so then you wanted yeah. it even more. Um, that you, do you feel like you sort of were clinging to that maybe longer? Like, did you hold, I, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is someone who is, needs to make a transition or they yeah. need to make a change. They can feel this in their heart. They need to move to the next chapter, but they're just holding on so desperately to what they thought they were supposed to have. And it's not, does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. All of those things. I mean, I figured like, what would my life be without it? You know, who would, who would Trent Shelton be without the NFL title, without football? Because my whole entire life, it was Trent the North Crowley High School football player, Trent, the Baylor Bear receiver, Trent, the Indianapolis Colts. And so without that title, who would I be? My significance would be gone. So I figured if I lost that, I have nothing in my life. Also, I got so much attention back home, mm. right? Everybody loved me. Everybody was around me because of that. So if I don't have that, then I'm going to lose everybody around me. Even in my crazy mindset, I was telling myself that my parents, because of course they're so proud. They're proud of anything I do. But I was only telling, I was telling myself my parents were only proud of me because of sports. And so I kept hanging on to it. And a lot of times in life, whether it's sports or whatever, a lot of us are hanging on to things that we need to let go of because of that fear of lack of significance, because of that fear of even me, how I'm going to pay my bills without it. And literally, when I let go of football, I kid you not, when I let go of trying to play arena football, three weeks, four weeks later, I started making videos and those videos went viral. No lie, my life changed. And so a lot of times in life, in order for something to be put in your life, you have to let go of something mm -hmm. in your life. So what's that thing that you need to let go of? And that was a question I had to ask myself, but it's terrible because that's my significance and that's what everything is wrapped around. So even now with rehab time, I'm very cautious about wrapping my identity around this because I know that at some point, who knows, it could leave, it will be over at some point, and I don't wanna lose my life when it's over. And I talk a lot about purpose with that. Purpose is not what you do, it's who you are. Purpose is not an external thing, it's an internal gift. So your job isn't your purpose, right? That's your placement, that's your position. Purpose is you, and you can take your life into any place and literally make that thing better. And that's what I think purpose is. That's awesome. I heard. Um Years ago, I heard Oprah say, you can't receive anything if your hands are full. That's right. Um, and I, I, I think that's so real, is every time that I've sort of released and been open, it's, it is almost immediate. The universe or God or whatever you believe in rises up to meet you yeah. the second that you step into it. So you're, we're all going into 2020. It's a big yeah. year. Hope everyone's excited. If you're like Trent, you already have your plan. You already know what you're doing. But um, for anyone who is heading who maybe doesn't have a plan yet for how they're going to start 2020 strong. Can you talk about some of the habits that you incorporate either into your daily routine or as you map out a goal, a quarter, a year to set some intentions? You know, we talk about it a lot here and it means different things to different people, but how do you give yourself a direction to heads? So you can make sure every day, every week, every month you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. So I break, and this might seem like corny goal setting stuff. No, but, okay. what? This is all we do here. Because <laughs> I, I know it's like always, you know, breakdowns, but I break down mine into, it's, it's really something simple, and it just keeps me, I call, I call it the rehab roadmap. 
And obviously you need a roadmap and going to where you want to go. So I just break it down into three D's. Um, and before I say that, I'm always, I always have a focus of the year, right? So for me, this last year was health. I mean, I lost thing like 30 some pounds Woo. over the last year. Because yep. I, I realized that if my health isn't in the tip top shape, then a lot of other things are going to suffer. So I would challenge you guys. Of course, you can do a lot of things, but what's going to be the main focus in your life that's going to move the needle for other areas in your life, right? That one small change might make major changes in other areas. So I break down in three Ds. Number one is a destination. I set a destination. Uh, if you don't have a destination, you're going to walk around aimlessly um, and you're not going to be intentional. And you're going to live a very responsive life and you're going to let life control you and life lead you. So I'm sure Rachel talks about it all the time. Be very intentional with your life. So what's that destination going to be? What are those destinations going to be? What are those places that you're going to shoot for that vision? Um, a lot of people have destinations, but the thing that people don't have a lot of times is direction, is how are you going to get to that destination? You can have all the destinations in the world. I could be, okay, I'm going to go to Austin, Texas, but if I don't know the directions to get here, I'm not going to get there. So spend time writing out your directions. And for so, many, for, for so long in my life, I've struggled with that because like, I feel like in the personal development world, it had to be some elaborate thing. Like I was like, oh, okay, I have to write it. However you, re however you relate to it, do it your way. And so my thing is like super simple. Like I literally write one thing. You know, it's kind of like in your Start to J yeah. journal. Like I yeah. think that's great what you do with that. Yeah. And after you get to directions, a lot of people have a destination. A lot of people have directions. But what most people do lack is drive. Right? You can have all directions in the world. You can have a destination. But if you never get in a car and drive to it, you're <laughs> never going to get nowhere. And so every single day I'm thinking about, as I call them, toll actions. Right? You have the toll, which costs a little bit more. But the toll gets you there faster. Right? Not many people are willing to take the toll road. A lot of people are willing to stay stuck in traffic. So I'm always thinking about what are the toll actions that I have to take that's going to be a bigger sacrifice that most people aren't going to do that might require a lot more energy of me, but it's going to get me there faster. And so I map those things out pretty much every single day, every single week, every single month, and it helps me. Yeah. What, do you know, do you, have a, do you have a destination for 2020 yet? You're still uh, working on that. Yeah, I do. Um, one of my destinations, well, I mean, obviously, I have another book coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, but my main destination is, um, well, I guess I can announce it, is, is the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know? Hey! <laughs> that, that was a perfect yeah, segue. It was, it was. Nice. We Tell didn't plan us about that. your podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I have a podcast coming. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Um, and, you know, through the Hollis Company. Whoop, whoop. And, um, you know, I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long, my community's been asking for it, and I've just kind of been putting it off, putting it off. I don't even know why. Obviously, I guess to the, the right situation happened, yeah. in which it did. And uh, I just want the podcast to just be me, real, straight up to the point. And that's how it's going to be, and uh, I think people are really going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, we were at a mastermind, I think, in Puerto Rico, yeah. like six, nine months ago, on a bus, talking about, like, yeah. Facebook yeah. or something. And I, we started talking about podcasts like, hey, man, why don't you ever do this? Um, or, you know, and, and obviously people had talked to you and you had dreamed it up. And I was like, we're building a podcast network. If you, uh, And it's very weird, too, because Trent is a real-life friend. And so you never want it to be like, if you don't, also that's fine yeah. and no pressure <laughs> and whatever. And it took us uh, you know, quite a while to sort of get to this place where we're at now. But we're really excited. Um, our vision for a podcast network is that we'll have other voices voices who can speak in a different way than we can and um, have their own style and their own, literally their own voice. Um, and so when we decided to launch it, we're so 
freaking thrilled that Trent is the inaugural uh, podcast with us. So he's going to knock out, I think, a bunch of episode five episodes today. Five. So y'all better keep it quiet in this front room. Um, yeah. Hopefully y'all don't hear me. I mean, I hope it's like. No, yeah, no. Okay. Hopefully they do yeah, hear okay. you. Let them hear Maybe you. Like. Get fired up. Um, no, we're, we're super excited. And, you know, our intention at Hollis Co. is to give people the tools to change their lives. And uh, that looks like tools that are much different than just me or just Dave, or it looks like a wider network and being able to reach more people. And, and so we're, we're super jazzed that you're Thank here. You. Um, so we would love to open it up to Q&A for y'all. Um, I'd love to know how do you, like what tools do you use to be present in the moment? Like you are doing so many things, be present with your family, with your work, because that's something that I'm struggling with right now. And I think as we're all heading into this crazy season, what do you do to, to like be present? That's a great question, deep question. Um, I like to live by this saying, I have boundaries that don't budge. Um, and what I mean by that is I have certain times um, and it seems weird having to say this, but you have to. I have certain times where it's literally allotted to my family or allotted to, you know, just me, my, even protect, protecting my peace. Like literally before 12 p.m., it's very hard to reach me unless it's an emergency because I'm taking care of myself, I'm taking care of my health, I'm taking care of my mindset. And so I would just tell you, like, have those boundaries set in place that I'm kind of going to be intentional from, you know, whatever it's 5 to 7 p.m., you know, with my family. Nothing else matters. I don't care. If it's the president calling me, whatever, I'm not going to answer the phone. And so, uh, yeah, setting up those boundaries really helped me. Um, can I just ask, so what happens before 12 p.m.? Oh. <laughs> like, what are you doing in those hours? That, it's the secret Because now we all want to know. <laughs> um, so I'm protecting my peace. And, I mean, that's a whole, like, list of things. But um, protecting my peace means that, I mean, I'm reading. I'm listening to audiobooks. Um, I am working out. I am disconnected from the world, literally. Um, so I'm at my office space or I'm hiking somewhere in nature. I'm running all these things where literally I cannot be reached. Uh, my team knows that it, it has to be emergency. And if it's not emergency, I'm going to be pretty upset because <laughs> I know at first I'll be even real. Like Maria was like, I don't like this. But she started to realize like, wow, like I'm coming home a better person. You know, and it's like, oh, keep on doing that because I'm taking time for myself. Self-care is very important, you know, especially when you're a person that is always giving so much to other people. But as we all know, if you keep giving to other people, you're not giving anything to yourself, mm -hmm. your cup will become empty. So before 12 p.m., it's really filling up my cup. And so I have a lot to give to the world after 12 p.m. when I show up. That's great. Next question. Is that me? Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, I was wondering how you can be like honest enough with yourself to know the difference between intentionally letting go of something and not giving up prematurely. Okay. Let me break down this question. Can you ask that again? <laughs> How do you know when to let yeah, go of something, something and, yeah. and when to keep fighting for something that you want? I got you. Um, well, I like to, for me, it's my principles a lot of times. Um, I'm a person that I will never quit on progression. So if something's progressing, um, I don't know your well, if something's progressing, period, I'll never quit on it. Um, but if something is not progressing, right, if something is, is regressing, moving backwards, I have to let it go because I ask myself this question um, 10 years from now, five years from now, a year from now, when I turn 90 years old, 
I'm going to regret keeping this thing in my life, right? That's draining me. So if it's taken away from my energy, if it goes against my values, if it goes against my principles, my principles make decisions for me. I love to say this quote, and it seems kind of, I guess, rude, but it's not. I'm not loyal. I'm loyal to my principles before I'm loyal to people. And so people who respect my principles deserves my loyalty. And so my principles tell people no. And it makes it a lot easier for me to say, okay, this is going against this. I have to quit, even if it's hard for me to do it. Because I know if I keep that thing in my life, whatever it is, stress is going to happen, anxiety is going to happen, depression is going to happen, all these things. I don't want to live my life like that. And um, especially if it's something that's outside of my personal space, I will never keep something outside of my personal space that's going to take my energy away from me and I become a different person when I come back into my personal space. And so that's how I look at it. And I make decisions pretty quick, you know, when it comes to that. Because the longer you wait on it, you know, the harder it is to make decisions. Yeah, it's good. Michelle? Tell me about the things that you did to help build that discipline for yourself. In, in what areas? Um, like prayer, working out, meditation, like those things. Like it's hard to do them daily because I don't feel the motivation. So like how do I just... And then I know that motivation isn't like a daily thing. It's more like I just have to create that discipline. So how do I do that? Yeah, creating discipline. So um, I, I would tell you, I don't, I don't want to sound so rude. No, but just be, <laughs> your podcast literally yeah, straight calls up, straight it up. Is, it is. <laughs> That's going to be my time. I don't want to sound rude, but I'm going to be straight up with you. <laughs> um, you know, it, it just, you, ha- it has, you have to understand for me, it's, understanding um, how much something means to me, right? And so discipline is very, very hard. It is. Staying consistent is very, very hard. Being committed to something is very, very hard. But the things that I'm not doing any of those three things with or two, I have to ask myself, does this really mean that much to me, right? And if the question is yes, then I don't really understand how much it means to me if I can't stay disciplined. So, for example, say for the last 10 years of rehab time, being committed to it. There's times where I haven't been motivated. There's times when I've been tired, but I understand how much this means, not just to me, but also to the bigger picture of this world and to other people. And so I would tell you to make it bigger than yourself, you know, because if it's just about you, more than likely you might quit or you might give up. But if you make it bigger than yourself and saying, who's depending on me to show up? And maybe it's somebody in your future. Maybe it's people you will never meet. That's what I always told myself. Like there's people in the world that I don't even know that need me to show up, that I have to show up. And you have to realize movement influences move, right? So I know if I get up and move 30 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. if I get up and move my body, I get up and and change, like literally that's going to change my energy. And so I'm creating the energy that I need every single day. And I understand how important it is. Like I cannot afford not to show up for myself. I cannot afford not to get my workout in because even with health, a lot of times it's surface level reasons like, oh, I want to look good. That's great. But for me, it's I need to create the energy that I need to make an impact on this world and make sure I conquer my day. So I just dive in super deep. It helps me become a lot more disciplined. Good job. Yeah. Let me, one more thing. <laughs> I would tell you this too. Make decisions. This is a quote that, that just struck me. Make decisions that your future will thank you for, not hate you for. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I think about every single day. Is my future going to love me for this or my future going to hate me for this? So I try to show up with that. That's awesome. Aliza, did you have one? So I feel like, especially working at the Hollis Company, you're surrounded by so many motivated people and we all have a lot of goals, personal or professional. 
I feel often that I struggle with find, like choosing a destination. So I think a lot of people, even Rachel, it's like, I kind of knew where I wanted to be and it feels like it's easier than to find your direction. But have you ever struggled with choosing a direction or choosing a destination? Yeah. And if so, how did you sort of whittle that down to exactly what you wanted to go for so that then you could go for it fully? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if, even when it came to what I do now, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know rehab time would be in this place or I didn't know I would be where I'm at today. But the thing that I knew is where I didn't want to stay. And so I focused on what I could control. Right? I focused on the thing that I could better. And I just feel like when you just start your journey with the things that you can control, because a lot of times we think about things that are out of our control and those things end up controlling us, right? And so when you think about um, the things you can control and you start your journey, I believe that the journey will always reveal certain things. I believe doors will open that don't even exist. And I believe, you know, uh, wisdom will come into your, your mind and your soul that uh, once you take the first step, which I talk about with faith, then those things will be exposed to you. Mm -hmm. So don't compare any, with your life or anything with anybody else because mm -hmm. that's their journey. When you start to run other people's races, that's when you will start to burn out. And so another thing is I think about if nobody was in this world, and this might not even answer your question, but if nobody was in this world, nobody, like what is it that I would be doing? And I always think like that's what truly is in my soul for me to do. So I always visit a lot of times like I don't want to be influenced by any other, any other person. I want to think about like, okay, what's in my heart for me really to do? And I just go attack that. But just focus on what you can control. And then I think the journey will reveal other things to you. And I think you have to remember with us, we both have lived so many lives. Like yes. NFL, wedding planner, blog, like neither one of us knew we would be here. And I think that as we get older and as we've had more success in our careers, it's a lot easier for us to be like that because we know we, we've been around long enough to know what's going to level up ourselves, our families, or our companies. But that wasn't something I think either of us had 10, 15 years ago. So especially to those of you who are younger, like be graceful with yourself. Try things. See how this feels. Try something else. Did that work? No. Great. Go over here. Like, my gosh. I mean, we both have so many kids that we have to raise and companies and employees who count on us. And I think you, especially those of you who are um, don't have kids yet, or maybe you're not married, maybe you're living a single life, like, oh, live, live your lives, live yes. it. Go to Target, sleep on a Saturday, <laughs> go to Paris, wear a backpack around Europe, like, just try stuff you don't even know. And I can look back now, and I bet you can too, like, I can look back now and see exactly how all of these things fit together, all of them, down to coming from a crazy Pentecostal family filled with Pentecostal preachers, which is why I can now get on stage in front of 6,000 people and do what I can do, it goes all the way back. But you're never going to know how it all lines up if you don't give yourself the grace to try, right? So just try some stuff, see what works, and then keep doing that. And I think that you'll, we, we find these little pockets of like, hey, that felt really good. Let's, let's do a little bit more of that and dig a little deeper and I mean, right? Yeah, it's no, I, I, think, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I think you take little pieces from each, I guess, uh, chapter in your life, mm -hmm. and it comes together for this puzzle. I mean, 
I was a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness for a while. And it's crazy because I was embarrassed to be that person at the NFL because people are going to be like, are you working here? And nothing wrong with 24, but like coming from the NFL to here. And I finally humbled myself and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. It was no better experience because I was getting to train people every single day and motivate people and coach people every single day. And literally that 24 hour fitness turned into like I was selling my shirts. I almost got fired because I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was selling my shirts and people were coming and oh, that, and then I went to, I rapped. I had an entertainment company. All these things, now, you know, I do spoken word. Now I know how to throw events. We had a party. All these things come together, right? And so I just think, like Rachel said, you go out there and experience different things and you'll realize that I can take this from this and this from this and create, you know, what everybody's going to think is a masterpiece, not knowing that it took a lot of failure, a lot of setbacks to create. All right, we have time for one more question. Who's got a really good one? Uh, yeah, Darren. Yeah, yeah. So, in my life, I tend to love everything equally, which makes my prioritization kind of difficult. I want to know, how do you prioritize, prioritize like, everything in your life? Like, what's more important to you? What's least important? What comes first? Is it family, self-love, self-worth? Like, what is that? Good question. Yeah, so, um, so in my life, it's always... Like my, I guess me prioritizing in my life would be my faith is first, right? My family is second. And then, you know, everything else comes after that. I would say probably rehab time is third. Cause I just always think again, I ask that question, like what's going to matter most, you know? And then when it comes just for my job, I always think about like, again, if this was my last day, my last year, like what would be the thing that I would want to give to the world? Right? What's the thing that I don't want to leave inside of me if I, leave, if I left here? And so I always prioritize that, whether it's working on a book, whether it's creating a new spoken word, whether it's you know, doing a podcast, whatever it may be, I think about that. And so I kind of use the, it's kind of a trippy thing, but I use me not being here as to understand like, what do I want to leave here that matters most for me? And you have to say no to certain things. I mean, no is a powerful thing. I say no more now than I ever said in my life. And I think some of the most successful people, they will say no. Because if you're always saying yes, you're always being extended, you're always being pulled, you will be empty at the end of the day. And so that's how I prioritize everything. So faith, family, of course, rehab time and everything else. I, I, I would also say, Darren slash anybody else, um, I've been thinking a lot lately, I, I posted something about this the other day, about what feeds your spirit, what feeds your soul. What, like, do you all know, have you made a list, have you thought about what what makes you feel energized what makes you like what makes you feel content like yes this is the person that i want to be and i think these are simple things but it, i was i was in a desert feeling like a hippie and i was just thinking a lot about this idea of you know i've come i've come off this year that was very draining that like took everything i had of obsessively generating energy, you know, getting those workouts in and eating that, all of these things, not so that I could like bless myself, but because I knew if I wasn't doing that, there was 0% chance I could show up for everybody else. And so now I'm coming into this new season where I'm like, I really want to make sure that I'm feeding myself and my spirit. And I literally made a list and it's like the dumbest, a lot of them are so dumb, but it makes me so, okay, like, Going to a coffee shop I have never been before, 
preferably owned by hipsters, truly, <laughs> and asking them for the special. Like, what is the special? What is the thing that you guys do here? And like getting, and then they made like a swan in the foam. And then I get, <laughs> why, like, why does that make me so happy? It makes me so happy. Like reading romance novels, getting to lay on a heating pad, yes. Like having long dinners, like multi-course dinners where like five hours later you're still there. Like getting to go to a spa. A spa is delicious. And you sit in the steam room and nobody can text you. And it, But like it, these, I just sat, I made myself sit for an hour and a half and just make a list. Make a list because I'm, it's so sad talking to friends. We hang up and we're yeah. like, I'm like, what makes you happy? And they're like. They don't know. I, they don't know. They have nothing. And if you know the stuff that feeds your spirit, like for me, laughing with my kids, like laughing with my kids, not just time with my kids, because I think you have to be that specific. So if I know that laughing with my kids just makes me feel like all is right in my world, then I can intentionally set up things in my week to make sure that I have opportunity. Are we going to watch a funny movie together? Are we going to play a game? Are we going to do charades? Like I'm going to set up my life to accommodate feeding my spirit. But if you don't stop and ask yourself that question, then you don't know what those things are. And so maybe for you, it starts with just make a long list, right? These things make me feel happy. These things feel like priority priorities. And then look at that. Like, to me, I would say, okay, uh, my, my list would be very similar to yours, but if um, my family, myself, um, this company, so I would make a list of like top priorities, right? And then I start to have to ask, okay, if I had to get rid of one, like if one doesn't exist anymore, what, okay, well, the company, which means everything to me, but it doesn't mean as much as my kids. And so, okay, well, then that means your kids are a higher priority than your family, right? And then if you're like, okay, what's a higher priority, the family or yourself? Well, I know that I can't show up for my family unless I take care of my health. So that helps me put them in order, because I think that's what you're asking, is how do I know what the order yeah. is? Get the list of priorities and then start to ask which, which could go away, which could go away, and that'll help you set up. They all still very much matter. But then when you have to choose... You know, it's, it's Monday morning and you're like, do I answer, you know, Haley sent me 17 slacks last night because we know how she is. She's crazy with those slacks. <laughs> but I promised myself, I don't know, I'm making it up. But I promised myself that I was going to work out this morning. And you know what, the, I'm, I'm fully making this up. Haley's not this, I'm totally making this up. But like, if that way you had to decide the priority, is the priority that I'm gonna go work when it's 7 a.m. and it's not my office hours, or is the priority my own health? Well, I look at my list and yeah, the job's important, but the job's number seven and my health is number one, I guess I'm going to the gym. And that just allows you to set the priorities very clearly for yourself and everybody else around you. And by the way, if you set them up like that, then you even take one step further and you're like, well, I'm gonna make sure that I don't even have the ability to look at Slack before I walk into this office because that's not as important to me as my morning time, like him saying that he doesn't, he's not available till noon. We're gonna need you to be available before noon, Darren. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hopefully that helps you, hopefully that helps you to set the priorities. Cause you know, we talk about, um, in talking with leadership or at least the leadership who reports to me, we have these conversations a lot about so many people really know that health matters and you hear us talk about it and you want to take it on but then it's like you can't sort of get that 
it becomes this question of, it, you know, it's, it's not about you. It's about how well you show up for hope, right? It's, it's, it's how you can show up for the people around you. It's the energy that it's something bigger. It's here's this thing that I want to do today that's going to lead me to this bigger goal or dream that I have. Um, but it's, that's why it's, I keep talking about this word intentional. It's like just being so intentional with every single day of your life to make sure that you're taking care of what matters to you. And hopefully what matters to you aligns with your friends and your family and your team here at work. But if you don't ever ask yourself the question, then you don't know. Yeah? Uh, is that we're good? Guys, give it up for Trent Shelton. Thank you. Thank you.